Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. This is Ian. And I'm Jason. Welcome to the microbrew of you. Wow, it's been so long since we've all been together. Just the I three know. of us. Oh, just the three of us. It's like a, a homecoming for myself, at least. Welcome to our happy space. We would like to share with you today some delicious beer and some fun life experiences by the looks of it. It's been a long couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> it definitely I has. I can always been. answer that with the affirmative. We've had some weird outings the last couple of weeks. That's awesome because I think that our listeners are going to get behind some of the fun and exciting times that we have had over the last few weeks. So I will start with our beer because, you know, that's why we're here, of course. Well, <laughs> that's um, the excuse anyhow. That's the excuse. And I'm for right now, I'm going to give it credence. It's a pretty darn good excuse because, whoa, in terms of beer, it's a little whoa. Uh, but we're enjoying today an Epic Brewing Company's Exponential Series, which is worth noting, and we're going to go into this later. Um, they have a, a, a few different styles of beer, if you will, and their exponential is the most adventurous, which fits our needs pretty darn well, I must say. It smells like I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. Um, but so what is beer, the style? Yeah. Uh, is a big, bad Baptist Imperial Stout. And I'm going to say that it's not the stout that makes Ian feel that he's at work, but what is it about it? Coffee. Yes. It is stout aged with cocoa nibs and coffee, added and aged in whiskey barrels. Yeah, coffee and whiskey, because I have to drink while I'm working. No. Uh, not at 5.30 in the morning. I, I work at a coffee shop, um, for those of you who don't know. Or haven't caught on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love coffee, and just smelling this is just... Uh, every day I leave work smelling like coffee, and as far as you know, having to leave work and smelling like something is not a terrible thing to smell like. Uh, but this just, I, I feel like I just walked in the door, basically, so. When I put my nose down in the glass, it definitely says espresso nibs, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Did you try it yet, Jace? I did, yeah. It is definitely strong. Um, I don't get coffee as much, uh, I guess, but it does definitely punch you, punch you in the mouth. <laughs> mostly, mostly on the nose. I get a very every strong, should... like, espresso bean kind of smell. Yeah, I guess on the second sip I did. On the first sip, I think I was just trying to figure out Process what it what was. What's happened to your face? No, I guess I would. Yeah, I would say that. Now here's something awesome flavor. about Epic. Um, on the side of their labels, they have just a little box where they stamp, almost like old-fashioned library checking in, checking out stamp, and it tells you both the ABV of what you're drinking as well as the series of the brew. Um, so what we're drinking right now is release number nine. Which, I don't know, sounds kind of awesome and new-ish, but I'm not sure how many releases of this particular beer they had. Probably and nine. It, oh, don't ruin this for me. Well, um, must be like happened upon an old bottle. And it's 11.8% ABV. We don't like so, weak ones, do we? No. <laughs> someday <laughs> we we're going to podcast. We're going to be like, it's a 3.4. Yeah, someday there's going to be like a nice 4% beer that we're going to podcast about. But do you think it's just a flavor difference? Or why do you think that is? Do you mean the ABV? The that the ABV ends up creating a flavor difference that... All right, so when we were with Verlin, he said like, hey, you can pretty much brew any beer style to any ABV you want. But you're not going to find a Pilsner at 9.5%. You're just not going to find it. Sure. Uh, and I, I just feel like 
the better beers tend to have an, a higher ABV. I think but better more, by what standard? That's where it comes back to. Better not by like the, oh, I'm drunk standard. Like this tastes better. This is, this is uh, more complex. There's, there's more things happening here. They tend to be the higher ABV beers. Um, you know, a Pilsner, you're right. You're never going to find a 9-10% Pilsner. And, you know, I don't want to ever say never because I'm sure there's two out there already. But, you know, Pilsners are they're great. They have their time and place. All right, great's a strong word. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> that was my best skeptical they, look that I could possibly give you. They exist for a reason. They've been around forever. You know, it's a Pilsner. Cool. It's usually for 5%. Maybe six. No. I don't think I've ever seen a six. No. Uh, but it's made for refreshment. It's made for a different purpose. And, and let's be honest, beers were originally, they came around as a source of nutrition. It wasn't like, oh, I'm drunk. It was like, hey, you're working out in the field. You need your loaf of bread. You need clean water. Uh, and the only way to do that was by putting alcohol and grains into it. I'm going to bring this full circle right now and talk about how awesome Jason is. But there's a hurricane on its way. You may or may not be aware. aware. I'm not aware. Uh, okay, aware. so it's what? Sandy. The only reason I can remember that name is because it's the Annie dog, like the dog from the musical Annie. Um, but anyway, Sandy is headed toward the East Coast. And I've gotten all of these terrified messages from my mother saying, are you ready for this? Are you sure that you're prepared? Are you whatever? Jason as we are going through whatever we might have prepared in the house in terms of like batteries and flashlights and potable water and all these things, he goes, well, I've seen your beer cabinet. You could get by for at least three months in nutrition. <laughs> He's like, I'm sure That's you'll be true. fine. And I thought that was the best advice I've ever heard for a hurricane impending. And hey, if any sort of hurricane put this country out for three months, that would be an apocalyptic hurricane. It's true. It would be like a zombie takeover. Three days, probably, is as much as most of America could handle before they just got a little restless. Well, I can't even imagine a storm stopping things for, let's say, a week. Because apparently this storm is supposed to go on for a couple days now. And again, I'm, I'm not impressed. Yeah. Sandy, Sandy, this is my plea Bring it, you. Sandy. Impress me. I have only been let down by these news storms. And it saddens me. All right. I want something I can cower from. Do you want to throw down a gauntlet, Jace? No. No? You're just going to wait and see, and then next time we'll talk about what happened? Yeah, I mean, it's... <gasps> yeah, we'll could just we, see how it goes. If it gets really bad, could we podcast in the middle of Sandy and talk about like what's going on around I don't know. us? Do we have enough batteries? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we need... Uh, and we need wind sound effects to add in there. To we could do that. that. Yeah, no, yeah. done. We could do that right now. That is actually just Ian, so. Don't Same. be alarmed, folks. Same thing. Don't be alarmed. All right, I'm going to take this moment to acknowledge the obvious, and that is that Ian tried to offer us a segue. I did. So now I'm going to walk through this. It's too late now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, this is a big day in the Dashing Rogue's life, and the Dashing Rogue team today... All became zombies. <laughs> yeah. Okay, way to ruin the punchline, but My bad. Um, we took on the, it's called Run For Your Lives, which we already have some gripes with the way that they named the event, but <laughs> it was a little misleading. neither here nor there, what we did was essentially a 5K jaunt, run, walk, obstacle course. Yeah, sprint, walk, event. obstacle course. 5K yeah. event. 
um, that was zombie themed, zombie apocalyptic themed. I don't know. Hmm. Sure. And we didn't do so well. In terms of, we did not survive the event. Fair enough. But we had a blast along the way. And let me tell you this, that if you were really, truly going to survive like a 45-minute putting your body through all sorts of uncomfortable and awkward situations, because it really was an obstacle course involving, uh, you know, water and crawling and jumping and electricity and just all sorts of awkward, uncomfortable situations... At the end, they're like, hey, awesome, you made it. Go get your beer. Have a beer. <laughs> yeah. As part of your little runner, runner's bib, there was a Yes, and a it was a terrible beer. Coupon. Let's not. I won't say it was terrible. I'm going to say that when my hands were that covered in mud, it was the perfect beer for me. Yeah, but there are so many worse beers that it could have been that it wasn't. I what was the beer? I forget. Bohemian... National Bohemian Pilsner? It tasted like Budweiser. I have no, no idea. No, really? it was a lot better, better than, than that. Than that. Yeah. So much better. It actually had flavor. What flavor did it have? It was like a Pilsner. Okay. Maybe that's why you hate that's, it. That's, Look, <laughs> that's like a bad somebody, word. If somebody said, hey, you can have a Budweiser or this National Bohemian, I would have gone for the Bohemian. I thought it was loads better. It definitely was. There was a lot of malt, I thought. A lot of malt flavor. Maybe barley. I, I thought it tasted like it. mud, but that could have just been the Maybe last obstacle. Mud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The last I, obstacle I'm was sure dunking you in an muddy hour water. Later you said, oh, my teeth are crunching. Yeah, they were gritty like, for yeah. a while afterward. So yeah. I didn't have that. Uh, so I should not hold that against the beer. Totally you legit. open your mouth when sliding through mud. How often do I get to practice sliding through mud? Not often enough. Okay, Clearly. never mind. We did it several times today. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Give me another year. We'll try again. Yeah. Ugh, we're already plenty. I will say, I like to be grumpy. You are I grumpy. Never, I never knew this about myself until recently. Oh, really? Because I've only just met you and I still get that vibe. Person. Uh, but a part of me enjoys being grumpy. And so the whole drive there, I was just like, oh, what a terrible idea. I can't believe it's this early. I can't believe I'm going to pay money to go run and have people chase me. This sounds awful. God, I don't want to be here. And then I got there, and it didn't really change. And then we started running, and I was like, this is exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you were sprinting over well, massive yeah, distances. There was a lot of endorphins. My adrenaline was for sure pumping. People were trying to kill me. Not quite literally. They were trying to unkill me? I don't know. Um, All I would like to say is from the other side of your team, your survival instinct is a little hard to keep up with. <laughs> Sprint faster. <laughs> yeah. So for next year, if we're going to really try to do this again as a dashing rogue team, maybe we could get hey, some right of our listeners to we run with us. Dashing. Oh, as my in sprinting, Lanta. as in running. As in... Folks, you're all invited next year. We don't know exactly where it will be, but it will be somewhere Find us on the in, Coast, you know, May, likely. and we will find you a place. But all I'm going to say is we'll Ian a is team. a team player until people are trying yourselves. to kill him. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to stand there and take it. It won't do any of us any good if I do that. I will get myself out of the way and hope for you, the best. You would have been there to warn us, even if you were dying while waiting for us. Jason was awesome. He That's acknowledged like, tonight. He's like, at the beginning, Shannon, you were totally a team player. And you're going, zombie, zombie on the left, everybody to the right. Come on now, let's get to the right. And after about a mile of that, and I realized that y'all were so far ahead of me, I couldn't even, like, yell to you. Oh, then please. <laughs> we were never, bother. like, out of each other's sight. 
There were several several instances where we were out of each other's sight. Fine. Apparently, I'm not very good at this. And I tried to establish a safe word, and no one else was on board. I didn't see the point of the safe word. Zombie is not a safe word, but there's zombies everywhere. There's no safety in zombies. (laughs) Safe word means stop. You can't shout at a zombie and be like, oregano, and expect (laughs) it not to take your flag. Also, there would have had to have been a conversation with said zombie ahead of time to let them know what the the safe word was. The point of the safe word for me was... Holy cow, I'm kind of overwhelmed and I'm not sure what all I'm dealing with right now. Where's my team? Could y'all help help me? You should have clarified that while we were in the shoot. <laughs> it's true. When you say safe word, it usually means like, that hurts. <laughs> in a bad way. Two ways. I'm thinking this two ways. Number one, at that point, I'm like mile two and a half, when Jason's quads were freezing and tightening up because we walked through that water of horrible... That would have been a great moment for a safe word for him to say, no, really, I mean, you need to walk slower because my legs don't work. That would have been a good safe word moment. Oregano. Reg- <laughs> but, but didn't you set the pace and you walked? No, we said Jason will set the pace and then you ran up ahead by like quarter of a mile no, at a time. At that point we were walking directly after that. There was a lot of walking during this there thing. Was, that's, was, that's where the name was a little bit misleading. It's, it's not a run for your lives. It's, it's a, a scuttle along. Right, this it's is a, also not an sprint. argument about team tactics. Right. I was a bad team leader. I wasn't even a leader, let's be honest. You were just at the front. Yeah. Because I was trying to get the hell out of there. <laughs> Zombies were attacking. The other time I would have liked the safe word is when we plunged into the river of freezing. And somehow it did not... Like, I'm a very strong swimmer, and so I did not think twice. I was like, water... Done. Like, I jumped into something six times that high in Jamaica, and I didn't think twice. I just, boom, I'm in there, I'm done, I'm ready. And I, I jumped over the cliff, and then I got in there and was like, oh my god, it's freezing. Like, I was just not ready for the intensity of that cold. And so, I couldn't kick, I couldn't pull, I couldn't, I was just like, ah, my chest is tight, and none Let of my appendages move, and I'm not sure what to do, and there's people all around me. And that would have been a safe word moment. That would have been a, where's the rest of my team? Could someone just, like, push me towards the... That, it didn't happen. It so this this might be a really good time to kind of point out the fact that this is not apparently going to be a normal episode. I'm sorry. We, uh, because we're basically not going to be talking about beer. We're going to be talking about Halloween things. We have some beer. We'll something. bring it up eventually. Beer. Yes, but it is not going to be a, a Halloween typical... was this week, and we would like to talk halloween if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> halloween So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's probably for the best of all angstiness and maybe a little team leader sadness that we should move a little past this for now, but no, I'm no, sure no, it will come back. No, 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 I think we should too. I think we should move. All right, well, I would like to bring up something else that Ian has championed um, as of when I met him last year. This and is beer-related. It is very beer-related in some ways, and I w- wish it would catch on and... Well, don't I, tell everyone. I want it to be a surprise. To well, I'm not going to tell everyone. I'm just going to tell the people who listen to us because oh, they're smart good. enough to listen to us. Good folks. All right. So, Jason, as we have previously established, adores Halloween. Favorite holiday? Uh, one of them, yeah. Really close. Top 20? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm confused now. So, what would you call, like, numbers two and three if it's close to the top? Uh, I like Christmas and I like Fourth of July. Yeah, we can't go to fireworks though because you're afraid of loud noises. All so. right, shut up. <laughs> Maybe she's gotten better. Maybe someone's yeah, grown a little. Another future segue. Yeah. 
Way to Se- open that can, door. Can you, you store friend. segues? Is it something? You, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure that you can just reopen that segue. Well, at the right like it's not a portal. It's a segue. Things are like on computers and computers save stuff. So we should be able to. All right. So number one, as we have established in previous episodes when talking about steampunk and costumes and awesome, Jason loves Halloween. However, Ian has found a way to really make that something special, and I hope that he will share it with our listeners now. All right, so I also enjoy Halloween, although it's been some time since I've gotten dressed up in a costume and gone trick-or-treating, which I also enjoyed quite a lot. What kind of costumes? It depended. My mother made me a Ninja Turtle costume once when I was young. Me too. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I was Leonardo. It was just a green sweatsuit. (laughs) Mine had like a shell and everything. Your mother made it? Yeah, she was... Super creative. I she wish just, my like, mom could everything. be motherly. Oh, she's not listening. <laughs> no, um, she's not. It's technology. I know she's not. Go so on. So Halloween is great. Uh, as I got older, I found that, you know, occasionally I'd go to a Halloween party, perhaps, in college and drink bad beer. Uh, Scantily clad ladies. They're always a plus. Uh, my most recent Halloweens have been a little on the lamer end. I did have a very fun Halloween where it was kind of an accidental Halloween. Uh, I had asked a friend that I know out for dinner, uh, and I guess it just happened to be Halloween. I think it was one of these weird years where it happened like the middle of the week. So we go out to dinner on uh, whatever day it like was. Like Tuesday, Wednesday. We, yeah, we ended up sitting outside, and there was just this parade of people walking down the street in different costumes and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it's Halloween, huh? Awkward. Uh, but it was very fun. And just watching, like having a very nice meal and watching all of these people walk by in crazy costumes. I think it was um, around the time Batman came out because there was a lot of Jokers. Huh. So the second Batman. The well, that's been an ongoing thing since Batman yeah, came out. Yeah, but it I, think was, I think it was like the first year that I saw a bunch of Jokers. Yeah. So recently, uh, I decided, I was, I was hanging out at one of my favored drinking locales, which will remain nameless this time. Uh, and I said, oh, you know, what are you doing for Halloween? And they go, oh, I'm, I'm working. And I go, oh, that's so lame. You, you can't go to any parties. You can't, can't do anything. You don't get any candy. And I had this, this brain moment where a light bulb went on. And I thought, I am going to bring Halloween to you. And so I went out and I, I have uh, this beautiful box from Hong Kong that opens up and uh, as most it's like wooden do. box though right it's, a it's like a very nice like a, yeah. a painted uh, soft leathery kind of top so there's like some fabric in there and some cushion uh, but then inside there's just all of this space it being a box and all and <laughs> that's I what boxes it. do I packed it with king size candy bars a variety of them and I went into a handful of bars that I like to frequent and I wasn't wearing a costume or anything, and I just walk up to the bar, and I would open up my case and spin it around and say, trick or treat. And they were kind of flabbergasted by this idea, and I would, I'd say, hey, is there, you know, who else is working? I'd get the kitchen staff to come out. I'd be like, anyone? Just like, people, grab some candy. I got a bunch of it here. I'm not going to do anything with it. Happy Halloween. So and like so reverse trick or treating. It was dubbed reverse trick or treating, where nice. I would, in fact, come to you and hand out candy because you couldn't go out anywhere and get it yourself. I mean, you could, clearly, because it's sold all over the world. Well, but at the same time, once you're 35, you don't, you know, no one's going to respond well if you knock on their door and say trick-or-treat. Yeah, they might call the authorities. So, 
I don't really want to get into the mess of liquor licenses because I know that that can be just a, an awkward situation for everyone if involved. Anyone knows about this? Give us a call. Yeah, we're still learning our way around 50 states and all the liquor license requirements. But as the dashing rogue, I'm just wondering. It's kind of awesome that you did this with king size candy bars because these grown people don't need fun size anymore. They have moved their fun lives size. on to king size. I never understood fun size. But what like, happens? What's so fun about a tiny candy bar? What happens if you open that up and instead there were like beautiful beers or those nice little cordial size liquors that you get at the liquor store or whatever? Are you trying to make me up my game? I'm just saying that. Wow. Well, this is unplanned. I know that this year has already happened, and you've got like 51 and a half weeks to plan for next year, but. I'd need a bigger briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they were the little, like, what are they, like two ounce bottles or something? Yeah, two and a half, I think, actually. But you could plan something that just describes you. I wouldn't say, you know, pick random liquor, but well, I, I know if you're you love. you stuff out, you don't need a license at all, to be honest. I'm not. I Well, we have. Again, a while to find out. But all I'm saying is, if you're going to bars anyway, it's not like you're going to the corner store and offering this. Wouldn't it be an awesome thing to say, hey, Matt, bartender friend of mine, what can I offer you? And then spin around your beautiful Chinese box of delicious. Now I feel like I need two or three cases so I can have like no. beer, Candy and little mini That's food work. Bottles. Don't make it work. You pretty much need to wear the Ninja Turtle outfit again <laughs> just to have the storage space available to I you to do this. I can hide it all in my shell. That's exactly. it. My so shell wait. could actually be a liquor Could we go back like five minutes? Which one was your favorite Ninja Turtle? Leonardo. Donatello. He was a scientist. Science man. Mm. I like swords. Always have. Always will. Leonardo I just, had I liked Shredder because he was wise and quiet. And a rat. That was cooler until I like owned a home and now I have rats and that's not cool Whoa, anymore. Don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Gross. So reverse trick-or-treating. Yes. I encourage everyone to go out and do it. If not this year, then next. I oh, think it's a great way to stay year. in the spirit of the holiday even after you're an adult. And I'll tell you what, they loved it. Yeah? Every, every place I went to, they were just like, people didn't know what to do with it. They're like, wait, I can, I can take one of these and it's only what like a dollar nine for that candy bar it's, yeah, it's you totally know. worth it it was it was basically the bar tab that i would have spent anyhow that i spent on candy and instead i brought some joy to the people that bring constant joy to my life any free beer along the way there was you know maybe maybe a beer or two so it was also an I enjoyable was, experience i was well take compensated taken care of whatever yes they were very appreciative and i had a good time mostly that's awesome so, and what you're going to say that I would like to come back to is costume not required. So, if you have oh, no. something you want to wear, do it. It's awesome. It's the 31st of October. It's normal. Yeah. It, I have to be honest, not always used to it. It happens at the weirdest times. And it, part of it is because life happens so fast that I don't always know the date. So, like when we went to the... Um, the tap room tonight, the, what is it, Holy Hound? Holy Hound tap Holy room. Holy Hound tap room or whatever. Um, they were all decked out in their Halloween finery. And it took me a little while to figure out why the place was run by white-haired women. And then I realized they were actually the Golden Girls. So they weren't, they weren't really white-haired women. They were just pretending to be. Um, but the same has happened uh, Southwest Airlines. 
I have flown on the 31st of October on Southwest Airlines. And I showed up at like five o'clock in the morning with all of my luggage like, and all of my stuff. Hell, what is going and on? people were way too enthusiastic and dressed like God knows what. Like it was all over the place. And I appreciated that they had to come to work that day and they wanted to come to work in costume. However, I still had to get from point A to point B and there was a whole lot of nonsense that had to happen in the middle. And I was like, if you could put away that fro long enough to talk to me so that I knew what was going on, I would be completely Why appreciative. Why can't they talk to you with a fro on? Uh, it was... Does that mean that you just weren't prepared to listen to a fro? It wasn't the fro. Can you can you come to my defense here at all? Do you remember how nonsensical it was? I swore I would never, ever fly on... The only thing I remember about that is that we were supposed to get a free drink because it was Halloween. Yes, and we they didn't. were supposed to give free drinks, but it was a 7.30 flight, so they didn't want to give us a free drink because it was 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. That's when you demand free drinks and give out candy. It helps. Yeah, that wouldn't go weird. Like, I, how horrible would I feel at, like, 8.15 in the morning being like, no, it says I get a free cocktail. You could say I've been traveling for the past 24 hours and it's 8 p.m. for me right now and I would love a drink. Thank you. They wouldn't know. I'm just not that brave. Use those acting chops. I know you've got them. <sighs> so sad. Anyway. Segway? You're the, you're the champ. How would you like to segue? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download the segue from earlier. Okay. Uh, I think we were talking about, I don't remember, but guns. <laughs> talking about guns. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, we were talking about zombies. No, it was after the zombies. Oh. I think I talked about something explosive or something. It was a, it was a very apocalyptic weekend, zombie apocalypse-esque weekend. Because life here is never tame. So we went and we learned how to shoot uh, this last weekend, too. Just Sadly, guns. not this guy. Right. Shannon, Just these other two. Shannon and, I Shannon and Jason got their certificates. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. I'm a little jealous. Really? Yeah. Tell me more on the jealousy front. Why do you want to learn how to shoot? Uh, why wouldn't I want to know how to shoot? It's a good skill to have. It's a great skill to have. It's, it's just good to feel comfortable around something that is dangerous. Um... Not to be comfortable to the sense of, like, not caring about it, but to not be afraid of it because you understand how it works. That's my thing. So well, I'll tell you a little thing about fireworks. It's basically they light a fuse, it shoots it up into the air, and then the fuse ignites some gunpowder, and it explodes and makes a bang. So, so I'm going to take this moment <laughs> to try to explain myself because I'm very sorry, podcast world, that you have to join at this very this awkward moment. This is how you moment. learn who we are. <sighs> this is terrible. I'm worried. I'm worried like four years in when they know everything about my life and there's no mystery left. It's going to come back to this. Yeah. Okay. So, Shannon does not like loud noises. What does it mean exactly? I, there are, there are so many definitions. It's the, it's the, um, the wave, the, what is it, a concussive wave it or is, something like that? It is that chest, like, reverb like shock. A flashbang would be terrible for her. Yeah. <laughs> it is for anybody, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little Especially rough. Especially terrible. But I am going to say, it's not just the, like, audible sound. It is not, I have been in enough, as you've learned by now, I have been an actor, been a stunt woman. It's not just it's the been enough gunfights. audible sound. Um, I have been in places where I've worn earplugs and still jumped out of buildings that were on fire because that's like the need of of the dramatic situation at the time it's not just the sound what it is for me more than anything is that 
reverb in the chest that makes my insides... Right, the concussion. Yes, wave, the concussion yeah. blast is serious. And How do you for feel the about record, like bass in a band? Uh, you sing a live band, you feel the bass, you don't like that. It's not my favorite in the long term. See, but you only like male singers. It's true. I don't like when women sing to me. It's just not pleasant. But that you don't get that in your chest so much, so. True enough. All right, so now we're all psychoanalyzing me, and I still don't know the answer, but... I will say my favorite fireworks are the ones that just go... Boom! And like you can feel it in your chest. And I do not understand why anyone would design a firework that had a sound without a light. I don't see the point. There is a light. It's just a very sharp crack. And then you just feel it. Is there something to be said for like feeling the music? Okay, so anyway, as we're discussing my fears, I do not like, as the gentlemen have said, the sound, the chest, the feeling, the whatever. So the best... So you decided. Personification of this is fireworks. I hate them. I hate when it goes like, oh, pretty, in the sky. And then like a half of a second later, it's echoing in my chest. And then I want to be in the fetal position crying. Like, I just hate it. You're laughing, but it's true. Ask Jason. He's picked that mess up off the floor before. It's just... So rather than hide from your fear for the rest of the life, what did you decide to do? I took a gun class. Okay. Tell me what that, what does that mean? I, I actually haven't heard about it yet. So okay. I'm, I'm excited so to hear. Technically, I don't know what a normal gun class would be like, but as I live very close to the national headquarters of the NRA, that seemed like a great place to take a gun class because the NRA knows guns. Well, Last I checked. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I missed. Um, I read out their website and I checked out everything about what to expect and what is going to cost what and, you know, what that hour would entail. It was a private lesson, two people, one instructor for an hour. It was not like a big group classroom setting or something like that. Okay, I got this. Um, and you had to go even before the class started so that you could say, hello NRA, this is me. I am Shannon and I am here to learn about guns. So they take your name and your ID and then they give you like a big old sheet full of rules and regulations and then a test, open book, open book test on the rules and regulations of the NRA, but it's two pages long. Like you've really got to read this stuff and you've got to- Front and back or just get, like? Yep, front and back, no kidding. It's pretty legit. I'm not sure what happens if you fail. No one around me failed, so I couldn't say. All right, so I got myself to the NRA. I got through all of this testing I am, I am totally a team player. I've got this. And on the other side of the counter, and you have to picture just a normal old, oh, I'm at the bowling alley counter. But on the other side of the counter, the bowling alley. I'd like a size 11. <laughs> is like 15, 20 lanes. But instead of bowling, it's shooting. Okay, kaboom, kaboom, guns, things happening, glass, all of this nonsense. Glass. Never, yeah, it's it's like bulletproof glass oh, between you like and that. Glass breaking. Or no, okay. I am taking my test, and there's gunning. I'm not sure shooting guns happening. I whatever. Gunfire happening on the other side of that glass. I'm not thinking twice about it because I'm like I'm here and Oops. it's fine. And I pass my test, and we're good to go. And I don't understand. It's also, yeah, it was keeping a. Probably 98% of the sound out. No kidding, which I didn't know until after the fact when it was far too late. <laughs> so, 
finish the test, meet the instructor, and he's like, awesome, but I can't instruct you until we're inside the gun range. It's an indoor thing, which is great for all weather and all of that, but not so great for acoustics if we're filing that away. So meet the instructor, put on, you have to do um, both eye protection and ear protection, and you're not allowed into the range until after you've had both of those. True. Super. And then there's two doors. So you go inside the first door and you have to let the first door completely shut so to keep all of the sound and debris out. And then you go inside the second door. And the minute that second door opens, I see Jason look at me like, <gasps> uh-oh. <laughs> because all you hear is like rifle, gunshot. What, what other kinds of big booming happened there? That was... Yeah, we've got shotguns. Shotgun. Yeah, I, it might as well have been, is all I've got to say. It's like, I'm surprised that he pulled me out of the room. Because I was just... That in, I didn't pull you out of the room, you mean? Well, more like a... The fact that my legs moved me forward from the safe space... Pulled her out of the... Into the... Where mm, other people are shooting gun space. Yeah, that was, that was a big moment. In my life, not gonna lie. So you faced the fear. You um, shot a twenty-two. Yep, you were able to shoot that one without. And I don't want to lie. It took issues. me some working up too. The instructor did not entirely understand my fear of the kaboom. Because um, it's a little abnormal. Yes. Okay, I'm abnormal. I'm willing to own it. But okay, it was what? A brain. It said Abby. Abby someone. <laughs> Abby normal. What? What was it that you shot? I shot a 9mm. Okay, so I learned on the 9mm that he had already learned on and then shot. So I was like, okay, I understand. This is the safety precautions. This is how we put it together. This is the magazine. This is the, you know, okay. So I learned all of that. And then he looked at me and he's like, great. And he hands me the ammo. He goes, I want you to load the clip. And I was like, ah, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Funny, because I want you to load the clip, <laughs> And he so kept going, no, 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 I'm going to teach you. It's not a big deal. And I, I just kept saying, I get it, and I, I support it, but that's not going to happen. And what the difficult part is that everyone's wearing ear protection. So you've got like 15, 18 lanes of people all shooting guns of various sizes and intensities. And I'm trying to speak to the stranger that I've never met going, I'm a wimp. I'm not doing this. Uh, and eventually he's like, oh, do you just need extra ear protection? Because I can go get you a second level of, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, God, it's not my no, ears. No, I want you to my load ears are fine. the magazine. Yeah, my ears she are did, she fine. She didn't want to fire it. No. That was the problem. I didn't mind handling the gun. I was not afraid of the weapon. What I, I just saw all of this, like, kaboom and all of the, um, what is it called? The Not the magazines, but the little... Shells? The shells that. come flying back out when people are shooting. I'm like, I don't want to be any part of that. Like, that's a mess and a half. What do we need that for? So eventually he goes, well, what if I got you a smaller gun? And I said, a girly gun? I'll take a girly gun. We could talk if it was a girly gun. So he pulled out a 22, and then the next hour of lessons. And for the record, for any of the male audience who likes 22s, that's not it's just not a girly what gun. What it is, and I actually have no idea how it's perceived. I don't even want to weigh in. I apologize. Color, right? it's, yeah. Yeah. It has less recoil and less of the just the very abrasive, loud. Yeah. Is it more know. precise or is that? I don't know. It depends on the, it depends on the user. Yeah. 
I wasn't bad at it, I would say. I wasn't great at it. I wasn't bad at it. I hit the, sh the target every time, which is a really good start, I think. And mostly, as he improved my aim, like he knew when I was nervous about certain things, if I was nervous in my wrist or if I was nervous in my trigger finger, he corrected that and he saw my aim improve. So I'm kind of proud. I have my, I have my little um, targets that I had practiced on. I'm not going to say that yeah, it was good. I'm not going to go out and buy one per se. It made me a little sad that, you know, Joe Schmo from anywhere America can just go out and buy one at a gun show without ever learning how to use it. You know, we saw a lot of people there that didn't, you know, weren't using proper techniques and, you know, other people who were walking up to them saying, hey, is that working for you? Because it's completely wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say, as much as like NRA following whichever line or whichever side of the line that you may, the people who were enforcing the rules there were very safety conscious and i did appreciate that because it is a gun it is well, not well i would something... imagine that is prime their their primary concern yeah right? they were really on the ball for that and i thought it was really good well that's good so we've talked zombies we've talked guns we've talked pretty much everything except beer in our beer podcast do we want to discuss a little bit more about uh Epic? I, Epic. I quite like this beer. I, I love it. I'm not going to lie. Especially as the winter gets like... Yeah, it's great winter, winter beer. Great cold weather, stay inside with a fireplace kind of thing. Uh, it's definitely a lot darker. I think it would do well. Uh, it has done well as it's warmed up uh, since we've cracked it. What do you think, Jace? Uh, I think it's good. I think... Uh, how would you compare it to Southern Tier Java Stout? I like it better. Better than Java Stout. Yeah, I wasn't. Feel like we should Java put them. I, I remember saying uh, I didn't get a lot of coffee out of the Java Stout. Uh, this I could smell it right out of the gate. It was just like home. <laughs> I'd like to try them side by side. And see I would love to try them side by side. To be honest, um, I do like this one a lot. I just think there's so much going on, but it doesn't say stout to me. It's a dark beer. It could walk that porter stout line, Almost depending. Porter, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's so much flavor, and there's nothing disappointing about it, and that's fantastic. What are some of the other styles of beer in their Exponential series? Well, and that, I have to be honest, I sought this out because their Exponential series is kind of my bread and butter. If I'm going to buy an Epic, usually okay. it's always that. Um, just a little thing about them. They started in California, which we talk about all the time because, you know, great, craft brew in California is totally what they do. Um, but they moved to Utah, which I am very interested to find more about because I'd like Utah to know. Utah has some crazy liquor laws, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what surprised me, I guess, about it. So why Utah? And I don't know that story. Their um, website is not that we'll in-depth. We'll have to go visit their, uh, their brewery. I would be out. completely up for that. I, you know, I'm not sure when we're going to take three weeks off to visit all of the West Coast areas that we want to. Um, they have an Imperial Red, an Imperial IPA, a Brainless on Peaches, which I thought was oh, awesome. Oh, should have done that for today. Oh, well, Brainless, I get it. I was like, Peaches has nothing to do with winter. No, I get no. it. Brainless. Uh, they have a Smoked Porter, which I love. They have a Smoked and Oaked. Smoked and Oaked. Uh, there's a brown rice ale that I've had before because I know that Jason is obsessed with Asian flavors and rice, so I got that because of the rice, but it's also well, really... Asian, I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with rice. No, that's but kinda that's what made me think of it when I saw it in the store. Of, reminds me of stew and hangover too. <laughs> Cho. Anyway. 
Um, they have a sour apple saison. Hmm. Yeah. Sour apple. I don't know if I've had a sour apple. A straight up saison, which I have had and I really enjoyed. Uh, a barley wine, which I know is your speed. You know, I'm not like huge on barley wines. I used to not like them at all. We're going to do a whole barley wine episode where you get You're to pick be every so beer. Sad. You're going to pick every beer because I'm just very mm, tentative. There's the uh, Hop Syndrome Lager, which I've seen on draft a couple places. The Fermentation Without Representation, which I thought was a great that name. That sounds familiar to me. I may have had that one. It's an Imperial Pumpkin Porter. That's probably why. Uh, they've got their Big Bad Imperial Baptist, which we are enjoying right now. Double Skull Doppelbach. The ah, Santa Cruz Brown Ale. The Glutinator. I don't know. If you go on their website... The Glutinator? Glutinator. Is that a gluten-free beer? Are you going to make me check that out right now? It was, yeah. Because that's a, a growing movement. I, I'm not sure world. what it means when they say you won't find any astringent sograhum in this beer. Instead, you'll find light-bodied millet. Yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like a, a gluten-free beer. That's awesome. For a gluten-free beer for everybody. 5.3% ABV. Yeah, I'd love to try that. There was actually a, a write-up in the most recent uh, Philly beer scene, if I'm not mistaken. You're so crunchy, Ian. Why? Gluten-free. I, I love probably, my beer with gluten. Why are we going to mess with a good thing? I am probably the least crunchy person I know, <laughs> just to be fair. Uh, no, no, I just I know some people that have issues with gluten. I am not one of them. I'm quite a fan of gluten and all things bready. But I think it's great that you can find a good beer out there even if you can't have gluten. Well, and that's We should true. do a podcast on that one day, maybe. We can. And say, hey, this one's terrible. Hey, this one's palatable. Hey, this one's not bad. We would probably have to do that where we get like one bottle of eight different kinds, just do a sample of each exactly. and figure out which gluten beers are worth trying. Yep. Gluten-free yeah. beers. I would do that. All gluten beers are worth trying. I'm going to say that Epic, as I have found it, I did at one point actually buy a mixed case of Epic. Do they live up to their name? They're quite delicious. There was something, they actually, and it wasn't one of their exponential series, but it was a rice ale, I believe, that they had, that I was pleasantly surprised and kind of a little, ah, like when I tried it, I went, okay, I wasn't ready for I that. See. That's quite more delicious than I was expecting. Nice. Um, their labels, I'm going to say again, are very uniform. Like, you know, when you're looking at this beer on a shelf, it's an epic brewing company. Uh, but I like it. It's very, especially when we're talking about crunchy, not going to lie. Um, it's not shiny or anything. It looks very well, like recycled paper. California. It's perfect. And they always, 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 in my opinion, like whenever I've seen it, they have always had this little stamp on the side that says, it just makes it feel more real. It makes it feel more like this is my beer and I'm enjoying it right now with some friends and it's fresh and it was made for me. Nice. Um, so I'm going to say I'm, I'm totally into that. Uh, but if you go on their website, they have they break their beers down into their classic series, their elevated series, and their exponential series. And I think what I did was I bought a mixed case of their exponential beers. So and now right Sounds now sounds like a great mixed case. And what? Well, for a party or something, that was great. Quite a party. Uh, we're drinking the twenty-two ounces right now, but when you get the case, they're all the little twelve ounces, which is perfect for a. Oh, I'm just gonna try it. Yeah, if you don't just, love it, just yeah. nine. 12%, whatever. <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, but I'm just going to say, It's like give the Weyerbacher Big Beer's case. 
Oh my gosh. It's a nice mix pack, but you won't find anything under you know eight. We might have to podcast about just that one thing because Ooh, it that was would be a great podcast. Oh, all four Weyerbacher big beers. I think what they're all beers over ten percent. Not over ten, but nine over, maybe. I'd say between eight and twelve. Yeah. I would I would do a southern tier one. We have so many ideas happening. That's the problem. The Southern Tier, I could do, I could line up like six or eight beers that I wanted to podcast about. It's and I all at once. Yeah. All I'm going to say is Creme Brulee just came in, friends. And guess who owns several bottles? <laughs> so it's probably going to make an appearance. Mm, lovely. All right. So moving along, we're going to skip trivia for today because we've got a lot of like all this other excitement going on. We know you're devastated. <laughs> as are we, truly. Um, if there's anything that you're desperate to know more about trivia-wise, please, please, yeah. please. Perhaps you can ask us. us some trivia questions. Oh, by all means. As long as you include answers, yeah. Yeah, well, don't stump answers, us too I'm bad. Sure. Um, but but uh, at the same you, time, if you have some some overwhelming questions about beer, we could make those trivia questions. Uh, so please contact us about that. Absolutely, and uh, we know that a few of you have weighed in on the deep, dark, daring question of what Ian should be for Halloween. And since Halloween has now passed, Ian can tell you what he has decided upon. But I know that we had at least one person say that you should be, what, a gangster? Yeah, a 1920s gangster. Uh, how do you feel about that? I feel like that's pretty close to what I'll probably go as. <laughs> Why is that? Is it just... Have you seen what I'm wearing lately? <laughs> I see what you're wearing every day, as it were, because we podcast in the same room. All right, so are you saying it was not a very creative answer? No, I'm saying that I'm not a very creative person. Okay. And I was in at, uh, at an establishment, and I said, oh, you know, what's your favorite candy bar? Uh, and they said, are you really going to do that again? And I said, yeah, I'll be in. They're like, are you going to dress up? And I go, well, I just kind of gestured to what I was wearing <laughs> and said, I'll probably look something like this. Uh, so Do you know what would be more awesome is if you embrace like maybe, the whole... Maybe I'll go in like a hoodie and like some tattered jeans or something. No, that's terrible. That's what Cousin Max wears all the time. Why would you be the Cousin Max? I could go as Cousin Max. <laughs> or the Unabomber. That's almost the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we, get, we did we get a few recommendations for Ian. Unfortunately, they were um, not super creative based on the photos you've seen online of what his normal attire... I was not super creative. I'm just saying that I am not one easily motivated. Uh, that I believe with every ounce of my being. Thank you for being honest. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, we've begun expanding Jason's collection of um, steampunk. Steampunk. Very slowly. Slowly. I'm going to say very slowly. But it was a big moment. So we you have... got him a button. We have goggles now for sure. And we've recently added a... What would you call that exactly? I don't even remember what you're talking Cumberbund. about. Cumberbund. The thing that... The thing oh, that, a lantern? Yes. We've, we've added a lantern. outside of a lantern. We'll have to figure out something for the inside to make so it So basically it's steampunk. kind of awesome because it's a leather thonged... Like, nice. and held together with metal lantern. And it's very tall. And actually, when I first saw it, I absolutely b believed that it was a wine bottle holder. Like, it just seemed to be, like, built in that tall, clear shape sure. of something. Yeah. But when you turned it over and read it, it said that it was designed to be a um, candle holder. 
So I bought a candle to put down in it and it made sense that you're like, oh, I'm a steampunk guy and I'm gonna hold this thing and I'm gonna walk through with the candle. And when I showed it to him, I was so excited. I was like, hey, Jason, I know you've been totally into steampunk and this matches the goggles. It was the same kind of leather and the same kind of gold and it was like, hey, one step towards a steampunk, awesome. And what it turned out to be was, he looked at it and he was like, that's a great first step. Because unfortunately, when I put the candle inside, it took it from being steampunk to being like 1920s. And what it needs is like a really nice cage, like a like a Tesla light bulb or something that's really new agey and vibrant and awesome on the inside to say. Are you oh, saying that they use candles in the 1920s? I when was electricity invented? <laughs> We're not oh, even American looking at education system. <laughs> We're not even looking. You know, it was like World War One. That was right like 1917. Then. How they, far they is had planes then? Oh my god. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, Jason looked at it and said, "It's so close Let's to being steampunk." Like the 1500s. <laughs> <laughs> Without going over, I mean, we're right. good. We're golden. <laughs> Price is right. Rules here. This is why we don't play trivia anymore, because y'all like. Yeah, next, next trivia date. Uh, when, when was electricity invented? <laughs> because we didn't get you shocked. Probably today. or discovered, I should say. You could, you could probably discovered. You know who who was around when electricity was discovered? Who played some important roles in that? Was it Shannon, Jason, or Ian? No. Roll in now. <laughs> All right. Okay. More on that later, folks. All right. So I have it's one. It's been a long day. Our brains are tired because they were. We eaten. are. They were eaten by zombies. Because if we have not recently stated this, we all died. We did not make it yeah, through we, this we alive. Yeah, we stated it. Yeah. yeah. So we're sorry that we let you down next Better year. Luck we next we year. promise to try harder. We will train, train lots in the meantime. I'm not gonna train. No. All right. So one last question before we move on. All right. Sorry that we can't get to trivia next time. We promise lots of electricity trivia. But um, we have a question coming in via Facebook. Okay. Facebook.com slash Dashing Rogue if you have your own question. But this comes from Jeff. Hey, Jeff. And Jeff says, and apparently this is a very cliche statement. I'm not going to comment. But anyway, Jeff says, I like my beer to taste like beer. I do Me not too. want it to taste like fruit. I do not want it to taste like spices. I do not want it to taste like uh, some kind of exotic thing. I want it to taste like beer. However, I'm starting to get made fun of because I drink Budweiser and I drink Miller. And when I go out with my friends, I would like to order a beer that and they're not, not going to make fun of, but also still taste like beer. What can you recommend? Well, Jeff. Jeff, right? Yep. Cool. Uh, I'll tell you something. Our version of beer, or rather the American version of beer that you choose to drink currently, is probably the least beer-tasting beer out on the market. So if you'd like your beer to taste like beer... Don't drink the, what you're drinking. Well, yeah, I mean, just do a little research into it, because beer has been around for a bit, and beer has come from many different cultures, all of which existed before America, and certainly before the end of Prohibition, uh, which is really not that far away. So if you don't like fruit, which would be lambics, which is a spontaneously fermented beer created in Belgium, which was making beer hundreds of years ago, then, well, that tastes like beer. If you don't like spice in your beer, well, that's another Belgian treat out there for you. 
and all of these things, they can add a lot to beer, I think. It's just like any food. You, you add different ingredients to make it taste a different way. And maybe, maybe you don't like the spices that go into the beer, and that's fine. But I would say that if you want a beer that tastes like beer, then you should really go back to the older beers and drink that. I'm and I, I will say that that's probably not what you meant by the question. I was going to say, I'm surprised, because the first thing that usually happens when we get a question like Jeff's is that we don't answer it. We just ask more questions. And the first thing I would like to know from Jeff is, hey, buddy, what do you taste when you taste beer? Are you, I mean, if I am looking at your Budweiser and your Miller, I'm guessing you're not tasting a lot of hops. You're not tasting a whole lot of, well, frankly, wheat or anything else. You're just tasting some carbonated bitterness. But what is it about that beer that makes you think beer thoughts? Because if you can tell us the flavors that your palate is picking up, we can probably find a better example of that beer on the market somewhere. Stillwater makes one. <laughs> so I think the easy answer here is uh, just to drink a Pilsner. Because oh, I think that a Pilsner Jason said is the bad word. No, it's essentially Just because you don't like Pilsner doesn't mean it's a bad beer. Mm, I'll say right. again, there's a reason it's still around. Uh, you're so and right. I think that and tastes Pilsners, like Pilsners are refreshing. What They're, Budweiser? And yeah, that and that's like. that's a beer, you know. And are, are there any American breweries you can think of off the top of your head that make a well-distributed Pilsner? I think Victory makes Pilsner. Well, okay. Anybody else? Mm. Victory's kind of small, all things considered, in terms of distribution so that's oh, awesome. by American you meant like a big one yeah because there's a lot of tiny American. but Jeff from what I have seen from his profile does not live so far that he shouldn't be able to grab a victory Pilsner okay. are you talking like the big four I guess uh, well Jason touche all I'm gonna say is that might be the best way to go about well, it they're all they're all start with the Pilsner that because because most of the big four make lager so if right. he's willing to just make that little leap to a Pilsner, he's probably going to open a whole lot of other options that are a little creative Heck, and a little try safe. try a Yingling if you like lager. There you go. We're right back to Yingling. I mean, that was my starter beer. That was the lowest I would go. Okay. It, you and know, where did you come from there? You're still back to... Okay, Yingling, if nothing else, Yingling. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good go-to beer. And I would say for the price and the quality, it's about on par with those other beers. It's, it's a little more expensive, but it's a lot better. So what we're going to say, Jeff... What would you say? See, the first things I thought were German. They were more weedy, I guess. Because if I'm thinking beer flavors, I throw out hops because that's so American nowadays. Um... So I'm thinking like Marzen's and I'm thinking some of the more what I consider flavorful Oktoberfests. I'm just thinking things that aren't Belgians by standard. You know, they're not doubles, triples, quads. They're not IPAs. And they're not, I'm just thinking, okay, what's wheat based? And oh, so, so by German you mean like a Pilsner? Oh God, you guys! I hate when Air men. Five. High five sound. You guys gang up on me. I've totally seen this happen. Now you have to find a high five sound. That's totally your fault. Anyway, okay. I thought of that. Jeff, here's a start. 
We've given you the Pilsner. We have given you the German, the Oktoberfest, the Margins, the whatnots. Yingling Lager. For some reason, Yingling Lager does not meet Lord your needs. Lord Chesterfield. I am going to say, though, that if you're going out with a bunch of friends and they're giving you a little flack and, you know, they're ordering a New Belgium fat tire? Flat tire? I don't remember what it's called. Fat tire. Fat tire. I don't like it, so I don't remember. Um... If they're ordering a fat tire and you're ordering a Yangling lager, I don't think that it's that much no, different. No, they're pretty close. So I'm hoping they would respect that choice on your part. But if for some reason that's not enough, write us back and give us just a little more insight into what you do what you like. What you currently drink, what you like. Yeah, and we'll, we'll try to find something that's a little more accessible for you. Maybe also try to tell us some of the things you've tried and didn't like, and if you could be specific as to what about those beers you didn't like. Because... I often find that the best way to figure out what I do like is to drink a whole lot of things that I don't like. See, but part of the hard part, too, is for somebody who doesn't know beer very well, they're not going to be able to piece it apart and say, I didn't like the malty flavor in this one. Sure, but you can say... A lot of people just taste something and say, oh, no, I don't like that. All right, that's true. Well, I think a lot of it for us is we're like, what didn't you like? Do you mean you didn't like it was bitter? Or you didn't like that when you were done, there was this aftertaste that wasn't comfortable like i think that if we had a dialogue instead of the you know social networking conversation with you we could work through some of those tell you what jeff why don't we take you out for a beer sometime always is that a good place to start yeah all right well if you have any questions for us be it about uh your love of beer your discovery of beer uh pairings that you would like to make firearms that you're or having, zombies I would love to answer your firearms questions. I can't promise, but you can always ask. We'll see what we can find out. And zombies, let me say that the two men in this room are zombie experts. You go right ahead and shoot your zombie questions this way. Shoot um, your zombie so questions this way. <laughs> you can always find us at dashingrogue.com. And you can follow us on Twitter. I am at beermistress. I am at dashing underscore rogue. And we love email. I am beermistress at dashingrogue.com. And Ian is rogue at dashingrogue.com. Come find us. Send us an email. We'd be happy to get in touch with you. But as always, like we update our Facebook pretty much daily. So we are facebook.com slash dashingrogue. And we would love to hear what you've got to say about beer, about life, about whatever it is you need some advice about. So see us next time. I am Shannon, your beer mistress. I'm Ian. And I'm Jason. Thank you so much for joining us.